Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to the episode of the Nolan Void podcast, where normally our insanity is your hilarity, but today it's rather a somber episode. Uh, we'll get into that later. Right now, I am Tristan. I'm Aaron. Manuel. And we are Team Null. Today, we wanted to talk about the life and legacy of the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Kazuki Takahashi. A couple of days ago, I don't know how by the time this episode comes up, but let's just, for reference sake, for the time we're recording this, a week ago, we got news that uh, he passed away from a drowning incident while he was on vacation. And first of all, I just wanted to say that the th- from the three of us and... I guess I can speak for the whole Yu-Gi-Oh community, no matter if, you know, you watch the anime, read the manga, or play the game, or some combination of those, we're all mourning the loss of Takahashi-sensei. And I just wanted to say, and I believe I can speak on behalf of of Aaron and Emmanuel, that, you know, Takahashi-sensei's creation of Yu-Gi-Oh has greatly impacted all of us as a group and individually. And I personally just wanted to say thank you very much, uh, Takahashi-sensei, for creating a game that has not only made me meet two of my closest friends in the world, but also for creating a game that allowed me to escape reality. I don't know if you guys have any other words to say before we get into this episode. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's just, a, I don't know, a lot of things to say, like, personally, and I guess as a community. I mean, to be honest, th- this wouldn't even be a community about what he did. And I mean, obviously, his his creation is going to live on for years to come. and. You know, hopefully keep fostering new friendships and memories and whatnot. I feel like there's a lot that could be said and not enough that could be said because, again, what Takahashi-sensei did and its impact on not just us, but not even just a whole community that spans in like one region that expands to the world. It's definitely somewhat breathtaking what he managed to accomplish and the fact that he's now gone, it's just, we all got to take it in our own ways but at the same time we're all very much thankful for what it is he's done yeah like when you think about it it's like you think that i mean i guess there's a whole the whole world like multiple regions of the world have a big Yu-Gi-Oh community like i mean here in the tcg you know we have also like eu tcg and yeah like that and then also you have like the ocg which is you know like asian countries like you know japan philippines korea china um malaysia etc like to think that a whole like one person like shaped a global brand another person like that i would think of that like passed away recently was also the death of like virgil abloh i don't know if you guys know who he is but like he was like you know the creator of off-white and like he worked with Louis Vuitton, like his death also like got to me personally, just because like I'm kind of like a not really that much of a fashion person, but like I like looking at like fashion and stuff. Like those two deaths, uh, like celebrity deaths at least, like really got to me. And just like thinking about like what their impact was on the world as a whole is like insane. Yeah, I guess let's. Uh, there has been an update actually on like uh, an autopsy results for Takahashi Sensei's body. They immediately ruled out foul play. But they stated that the cause of death was of drowning. And, you know, when they was found, when his body was found, it was found, I think, like two days uh, since his death. And it was, um, he was found with snorkeling gear. So like a scuba, di- a scuba mask, snorkeling and snorkels and uh, fins. Now, uh, I personally got the news. I saw them. I was like awake because I was trying to like force myself to just, like stay up all night. 
so I can sleep the like the entire day the next day, like the, that morning. But um, what and like I got the news at like four a.m. I just, just opened Twitter and I saw that there was like reports that said that Takahashi Sensei passed away. So uh, where were you guys when you like first saw the news about his passing? At work. <laughs> I mean, I also got it like at four a.m. because I, I was waking up at, like at four a.m. like those days. So. So yeah, I saw it pretty pretty early on. I don't know. When I saw it, I was like, damn. It's like, you know, the, the feeling of like disbelief. Like, is this like real? Like, uh, th- then you start like realizing like, oh, I guess it is. Yeah, it's like one of those, the initial stage of grief. Denial. Yeah, denial. But we'll probably get more into that uh, somewhat later or at least a little bit of it. Uh, where was I? I think I was, uh, I might have been home and I probably just got up as well. Like a few hours later, like whenever I get up. I didn't check my phone mainly for the time because, like, unfortunately, the other clock I have in my room doesn't work. I still need to get it, like, replaced. But outside of that, I looked at the time. Then I just um, opened social media because I sleep with my phone on Do Not Disturb. No, I do, too. <laughs> See? You get it. Uh, so I know you guys send me stuff, and I get, like, messages and a bunch of other things from my phone. So I sleep with it on Do Not Disturb. I wake up. I turn it off. I go looking through all the things people have sent me. And the moment I open either Instagram or Twitter, I see the um, the news that uh, Takahashi passed, and I'm just like, "What?" I, again, I had the denial in some way. I'm like, "No, nah, this isn't real." But then I just kept scrolling past, seeing other people talk about it over and over, and I'm just like, "Oh man, this is real." Yeah, I honestly like same thing with you, Aaron. But except you know, I, I mean, I was awake, but yeah, it's like. When you when I saw the news, it's like you you see it and it's just like, no 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 fucking way this thing actually happened. Like to think, I mean obviously like we're all human, we're gonna eventually like pass away at some point in our lives, but it's like that all of a sudden out of like you know sheer randomness, you see it on like social media and you're like, this this can't be fucking true. And then like multiple reports like from like actual like credible sources say that he passed, and I'm just like, well. All I remember feeling like for the rest of even that day, I was just like in disbelief. Like I was both shocked and like, I'm just like, holy shit. You know, fun, funny thing was that, um, so I own a Yu-Gi-Oh logo shirt. And when I saw the news, I was like, okay, if I go out, I'm just going to wear this, you know, to honor Takahashi sensei and everything. And then I was out, I think I was at like Trader Joe's or something. I was like uh, food shopping for some snacks because like the following day I was going to a concert, which I'll talk about in another episode. But um, one person came up to me. I was like looking for uh, cookies because like I love Madeline cookies. And then he was like, he he like tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, um, did you know that the um, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh passed away? And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm I'm in disbelief. And I was like, yeah, I know. I just wanted to wear this shirt to honor him today. And then in that same Trader Joe's, as I was like checking out the the cashier, he was like, what is, what is Yu-Gi-Oh? He was like trying to like pronounce it like, and like not try to like to fuck it up. But he was like, he was like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a card game, like a, a trading card game. And I was like, he was like, like Pokemon. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, he saw like the creator pass away. And it's like, yeah, I'm wearing this shirt to honor him. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Twice that happened in the, in the same building. I'm just like, yeah. If you wanted a surefire signal that uh, gave you the realization that this was real, I think you got it. Yeah, for sure. Now, I guess the one thing that social media has done in uh, a way to honor 
Takahashi Sensei was most like Yugi tubers or Yugi Yu-Gi-Oh players. They changed their profile picture on like various social media platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and such. Um, they changed their profile picture to their favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card to honor him. I guess like some Yu-Gi-Oh creators, like Farfa, he did a he changed it to Tour Guide from the Underworld, MBT, Mono Bluetron, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, changed it to uh, Master of Dark Law, Crush Cards, and obviously Crush Card Virus. Gage, Nim Nim, shout outs. Please read your cards. Um, Galatea, the Orcus Automaton, and Pack TCG, Altergeist, Multifaker. Now the three of us, we all we also changed our profile pictures and Aaron's, like he tweeted he tweeted Aaron's was Red Dragon Archfiend. Emmanuel's was uh, Sky Striker mobilizing Gage. And then for me, it's Elemental Hero Stratos. Now I wanted to ask you guys. Why did you guys choose your cards? Whoever wants to go first, y'all can just go ahead. Emmanuel, the floor is yours. Honestly, and, and you know, Tristan, because I went to you first. I had such a hard time choosing. I was like initially on like a different card. And then I realized, wait, I have like maybe five or six different cards that could be my favorite. Because honestly, I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh has been a part of like my life personally for a very long time. I played the game for like 12 years at this point, maybe roughly half my life. So I have like a lot of experience, a lot of fond memories of a lot of the cards. So it was hard to choose, but ultimately engage because I mean, it's like one of the more recent cards I like the most. And at the end of the day, Yu-Gi-Oh is a social game. As you know, you have to like face somebody on the other side of the table. Eventually that sometimes leads to like friendships and whatnot. And so during that period of Yu-Gi-Oh, like 2019, 2018, Sky Striker was like one of the better decks of the format. And as a result of like playing a whole lot of Yu-Gi-Oh during those years, I made a whole bunch of new friends that I really consider close now. And I mean, yeah, it was just like a lot of fun playing for me during those years. But like I said, I had like five or six picks because I just have so many good memories, to be honest. I remember, I think I sent you a while ago a tweet from uh, NimNim2. He was like, do you guys also associate periods of your life with like Yu-Gi-Oh formats or is it just me? And I was like, no, I do the same thing. Like I could tell you different like periods of my life based on like what the format was. It's insane. Honestly, I could, I can't really agree with that, but I, I can also agree with that because it's like, I mean, I played the game like once in 2012 and I went to like this card shop in the Bronx near Grand Concourse. And it was the only time I actually ever played Yu-Gi-Oh like with with other people and it was like a janky hero deck with like heroes like what's the what's the trap card that's like if you're if a hero monster elemental hero monster is destroyed by battle you can special summon a hero emerges i think no something else hero signal hero signal yeah that one like it had like that it had it had negate attack for fuck's sake oh yes classic i was actually playing an anime pro tag deck i mean that's how that's how it is like when you start yeah and then like all I remember was the first ever match I played, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, like against other, like against like complete stranger. Like I remember, I I won that match. But um, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get to mine last. I guess Aaron, um, why did you choose uh, Red Dragon Archfiend? I'd say I chose Red Dragon Archfiend because uh, he symbolizes the point I truly just like fell in love with the franchise, where it like had me and I was here to stay. So to give a bit of backstory, I'd gotten to Yu-Gi-Oh! around second, third grade, I'll say around that time. 
Uh, I had some friends in my class. I had just moved to a new school at that time and I didn't know anybody. So like I had some friends we met. They told me about Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm like, oh, what's that? It's like this card game, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, and at the time, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX had just like started airing on a Cartoon Network and I caught bits and pieces of it. I did like it. GX was my intro to the series and I did think it was fun. I had some starter decks. I played around, played with uh, some of my friends at the school. Uh, we traded cards. It was just a really fun time at, back then. And just, uh, I remember it was around fifth, sixth grade when uh, 5Ds came out. And I just remember uh, being a kid, just, I didn't finish GX originally, like when it stopped airing over here in the States and what they did specifically with it here in the States, because, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! outside of Japan can tend to be like wholly different every now and then. So I remember being... That age, I was at my grandma's house. Uh, I watched the premiere of Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, and I remember specifically uh, the channel that held it at the time. I think it was the CW4 Kids. They had a contest for you to pick the opening to 5Ds, and just um, I didn't. Re I don't know if I entered it or if I did. It was just like a random go onto the site and pick one of the songs they selected, and. I guess the songs that they ended up going with just so and I remember hearing that I was like, wow, this is a really dope song. Uh, for those of you who don't remember or for those of you who just like recall it as well, it was um, Hyperdrive, the English dub theme to Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, which in my opinion is still the best dub theme for Yu-Gi-Oh! Maybe even the best dub theme across English dub anime. In my opinion, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Yeah. Continuing onwards. Uh, I saw the first episode. I was just like, I, I was actually speechless. I was so amazed by what I saw. And I just kept keeping up with it over and over and over again. It's just like, then I started um, picking up the new um, 5D starter decks. I started actually getting more into deck building. I had friends help me um, build some decks. I had similar to Tristan. I had a protagonist esque deck. And while I did like Stardust, I don't know, he just didn't stick with me that much. And, like, eventually it made its way to um, me playing Black Wings, which to this day I still love Black Wings, because, and as we, I feel like we all know this, uh, Black Wings pulled up into the game and, like, everything changed. Yeah, it really did. At some point, multiple points in my life, I just, like, re- attached myself to Yu-Gi-Oh! and I started like watching the show again. I started looking at old cards, started buying more cards, blah blah blah. And this was when I was like really deep into my phase of just anime. I started watching anime uh, subbed as long as well as dubbed and I just decided, you know what? I've never watched any of Yu-Gi-Oh! subbed. And in that time I had um, watched the original subbed, watched GX subbed, and I don't know what it was about 5D subbed, but it's like I became that kid all over again. And I was just in love. And it was seeing this that made me fall in love specifically with the character of uh, Jack Atlas, which I always say, I've told this story to Tristan and Emmanuel before, but part my um, username, my nickname that I eventually got in high school is Atlas. And I always say that Jack Atlas is one of the potential sources of it. Because, like, some friends at the time gave me that name because I needed it for something else completely. And just, it stuck with me that way. Because, like, at that point, just Jack Atlas became my favorite character. And that immediately translated into um, Red Dragon Archfiend because I associate him with the card. To sum it up in some regards, Red Dragon Archfiend not only symbolizes just um, the part of the franchise that got me and kept me here, but it's the part that just with me and 
pretty much shaped me from back then to where I am now. And to kind of honor it even more, my tweet specifically is the original Japanese translated uh, summoning chant for Red Dragon Archfiend, or I guess in its original name, Red Damon's Dragon. And I have it right here. Quote, the ruler's heartbeats will now file through here. Take witness to its creation-shaking power. Synchro summon my very soul, Red Damon's Dragon. I guess I can, uh, in, I can segue this into why I chose Stratos. But um, similar to Aaron, like I was, I my it's kind of my my like upbringing to you was pretty similar to Aaron. Like we, I had friends in school who like played the game, and it wasn't actually I never watched I didn't watch the anime first. If newsflash to you guys, I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch the anime first. Like I read the manga, I read uh, the GX manga, and that's what drew drew me to Heroes. Like it wasn't like I never I didn't watch G, uh, the GX anime I watched and then this was around like the time I want to say 2010 2011 when I like first like was introduced to Yu-Gi-Oh and when I read the GX manga like heroes st- stood out to me as I guess a lot of players did I don't know about you guys um, but for me Stratos was like that one monster and then you know we got banned. And then it came off the list in 20, in October 2018 at one, and you know a, cer- a certain content creator, Team Samurai X One, was like Stratos, Stratos, oh my god, god it was only a matter of time before he did that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And that's also like a reason why I chose it. Like, I mean, not only because it was like a hero, and like I played heroes in that in a jank pro tag hero deck in 2012, but um, you know when. Stratos came off the list and then it eventually got an ultimate rare printing. I immediately wanted to get the ultimate rare printing for $90. <laughs> so I got it. And it's honestly one of my like cherished, I guess we'll get into this later. Like it's probably one of my cherished like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, honestly, just because it's like my favorite, my favorite monster. Like it was a like, Thunder Dragon Colossus was my, is, was a second. It was like a close, it was like tied for first. But then, like, if I think about, like, how long I've, like, known about the game and for the three years, three, four years I've played, like, constantly, like, Stratos was the one. And, like, for me, I mean, for me and Emmanuel, we play old formats, like, old formats of Yu-Gi-Oh! Retro formats, or how Konami calls it, Time Wizard format. And I picked up the Diva Hero build, not the jank build that the guy who I first played against in... The store in the Bronx did, but it was a uh, a different year version of it. And I guess the moment I saw, I thought about that, I'm like, oh crap! Let me just pick up this. Let me just use the. Let me just use this ulti Stratos that is in my binder. And yeah, it's like probably one of my. It's probably one of my cherished cards. And my tweet, personally, for choosing Stratos as my profile picture, was literally just the the effect of Stratos. When this card is when this card is normal or special summon, you can activate one of these effects. The first effect: destroys spell traps on the field up to the number of hero monsters you control, except this card. Or two: add one hero monster from your deck to your hand. Like I wanna, I was thinking maybe, personally, like to own like all copies of Stratos, both in English and Japanese. So that means like getting like the Starlight Rare Stratos, which I personally do not believe is the max rarity, and then like. There's like a Pharaoh's Tour one from like 2007 or something like that. The common. 
and then like the jump promo there's like a dt one there's two there was like a collector's tin uh collector's tin reprint of it yeah there's like a whole bunch of stratos reprints but i'm not gonna get the shitty altar art I- i'm sorry I kind of want to just like uh, do a quick tangent since you mentioned Stratos. I kind of associate Stratos with, uh, I guess, the first uh, monster I um, monster card I owned that came from the manga, and that was um, Elemental Hero and Great Tornado. The reason I associate Stratos with it is because, like, I know with Great Tornado you need an E hero and one win monster, and well, Stratos is both. Yeah. But, you know, you got to use a different one. I know. Just like, I, th- that's my t- tangent. Just like, I associate Stratos with Great Tornado. And like, Great Tornado's got dope art. They do. They really do. I mean, going like back to the, to the manga thing. It's actually, the more I think about it, Yu-Gi-Oh's like the reason why I'm into anime and manga to begin with. Really? Yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh manga is like the whole reason. It's the first manga I ever bought. The Yu-Gi-Oh Duelist, not like Yu-Gi-Oh, like, like Season Zero. Like Yu-Gi-Oh Duelist, like Duelist Kingdom. Yeah. That was the first one. I I have the whole thing still, like all 24 volumes and whatnot. I was thinking honestly about just like collecting the Yu-Gi-Oh mangas. You should. Mine are like 13 years old at this point, but I mean, you should. <laughs> yeah, I was I was heavily actually thinking about doing that just because like this game is literally a part of my freaking life. And I guess I'll I have a message to say at the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, I, I was thinking about actually doing that like. What they have like a season zero one, right? Yeah, they do. I don't know. I don't own any. Yeah, I don't own any of those, but they do. Those do exist. Uh, I'm not sure if it's true, but like knowing this series, are there any like complete sets of the manga? Like how we have complete sets of Dragon Ball Z and Attack on Titan and so on? I don't actually know. I mean, there might be. It could exist in Japan, and just no one brought it over to the West yet. But then again, uh, outside of the original, well, not counting season zero for obvious reasons, outside of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist, when it comes to like the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga, there's a massive departure between like the anime and the manga. And like some people will lean towards one and the other. And then there are people who are just kind of do both or do neither and just associate with the cards. So I can understand why it didn't exist. And if it does, why it hasn't been brought over. I guess we already kind of answered this. I was going to say like, what has, and like, I made a whole video on this in my junior year of college called playing the cards, right? Go check that video out on my channel. If you haven't, where I actually interviewed Emmanuel. Oh, true. And then we also like, I guess answered like, what was your first experience with Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, was it, it was like, was it through the mangas? And I guess Aaron for Aaron and me, I mean, for me, it was the manga. I know Aaron was the anime. I mean, for me, for me, it was also like the show, you know, I was, I was a primetime 90s kid growing up in the early 2000s, you know, that was the peak golden age of cartoons. So I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! every Saturday morning. You were a primetime 90s baby. Yeah, everybody. I mean, I was towards the end, but like still, I got like, I experienced it still. Same. I mean, yeah, like just everybody had like knew about Yu-Gi-Oh! Everybody had like Yu-Gi-Oh! cards like as a kid, even if you didn't know how to fucking use them. But like, yeah, so I guess disclaimer, I've, I've like been like with Yu-Gi-Oh! for like longer. But I learned how to like, like play the game properly, like in 2010-ish, more or less. I was going to say something I completely forgot. Oh, wait. Um, so it's like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! has like the weird mechanic. This like the mechanic of you can't like normal summon monsters in defense mode. You have to like, you know, set them. But then it's like, I guess like when we were a kid, like we just really, like when we were kids, we just really didn't give a fuck about it. So we, we just started summoning monsters in defense mode. Well, no, well, no, you see, that's because the anime did that. <laughs> the anime broke the rules like a lot. On, on multiple occasions. I mean, they still do. 
multiple occasions and broke it in every every game in every episode. Like there's um uh, I don't remember his name, but he's a Yu-Gi-Oh Tick doctor. He specifically made an anime format that follows that set of things where you can like summon in defense mode and all this other stuff. I've I think I've sent you guys links to it before. But like I I'd have to dig it up, but it exists. I mean, I'm not sure if the anime ever fixed it or not. Because I remember in like five Ds and Zexel. I think even Zexel still. They were summoning in face up defense position. They were. I don't know if they've ever fixed that or if the anime just does that still, like like forever. I don't, I don't actually remember. I think it still does that. I guess to just like set it apart, even though it's probably not the best thing to do. Because like if your first engagement with the series is through the anime and you think the card game in the anime is similar to the card game in real life, you're going to be massively disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get why. I mean, setting a monster, you know, doesn't look as good as like having it like the monster appear on the field. So I guess it makes sense in that regard. But also like Yu-Gi-Oh just has like a massive impact, like in the general, like, like, I guess, culture of the world, you know, even if you don't know like what Yu-Gi-Oh is, like you probably know like a little bit, like you probably heard of Exodia, like you probably, you've probably heard of like, it's time to like, you probably know that, like, even if you don't, you've never watched Yu-Gi-Oh just cause that's how much of an impact Yu-Gi-Oh has had like on the world. I feel like most people could point out Yugi Moto in a list of anime characters. If they don't know his name, they'd be like, oh, that's the guy from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like in other card games, actually, because I mean, I play like, I think out of all of us, I play the most. I played the most. Like if there is a certain combo deck in like another card game, it's always called an Exodia deck because you need to have like the pieces to like do it. So like, I mean, that just goes to show like how much Yu-Gi-Oh has impacted like the general landscape of other TCGs, like, you know, it just has terminology and like other games that it has like no like reason to have. I guess I'm, I should ask you guys this, like, what was your favorite moment in the Yu-Gi-Oh anime? I guess the Yu-Gi-Oh anime, we couldn't say. What was your favorite moment? Mm, I mean, I have one, like very clearly. 5Ds, when you say summons shooting Quasar Dragon. That moment, every time I watch it, it still gives me goosebumps. That moment was so epic. Aaron? Uh, I just want to call the Emmanuel out a bit. Another moment he likes is um, when, uh, spoiler, not spoiler, because Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds is old as hell. Go watch it. You can find a way to watch it somehow. It's legitimately like 13 years old. Another moment is um, when the character uh, by the name of Visor or Antinomy or Bruno, whatever you want to call him. He had multiple names. Uh, his character died and Emmanuel has confessed that's one of the only times he's cried at an anime. Back then, I mean, now I have more, you know, I'm a bitch now. Oh God! Okay, JK, it, it's okay to cry, boys. Yeah, it's okay. It's completely okay to cry, fellas. We 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 out here looking out for the boys and the girls and everybody. All right. So, uh, favorite moment? Damn, what is my favorite moment? Uh, I got it. I'm gonna also say from Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds. Um, the first duel between Yusei and Jack because that basically set up everything that transpired in the series afterwards and just like uh not only it gave us a better introduction to jack as a character and we got to see him grow and i'm clearly biased because like i explained it earlier but um it just also introduced the entire concept the series was based around and just further uh went out of its way to set up where the characters would progress from there and again seeing uh this is kind of just what I can only describe as a lizard brain thing. Seeing two giant monsters just fight each other with beams shooting out of its mouth just will immediately have me 
staring in amazement. I think it's probably because of uh, other things I've witnessed in life as just growing up this way as a fan of anime and stuff. But just like seeing that made me look at it and say, yes, more, please. I think for me, my favorite moment in the anime uh, was actually in like the OG series, not like season zero, but like Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, um, the battle between the, t- the duel between Atem and Yugi. Like that one always got me. Like, for, first of all, it's like Yugi, like you know, the separation. Like you can see the difference between like you know Yugi, Yugi and Atem, just like standing you know in front of each other playing a children's card game. But it's like it has a whole different meaning to it. It's like Yugi became completely independent between him, like himself and Atem. About fucking time. And then like, you know, the. The whole the, the whatever happened like after like the, the shit that happened after the duel between the two of them was like it always got to me like you have like two completely different players like Atem played you know the Egyptian god cards versus Yugi who played fucking Gandora and the Magnet Warriors and shit like that and fucking Silent Magician I think as well right was it Silent Magician and gadgets yeah I don't know not gadgets gadgets was a uh, was the Pharaoh I think he played the Silent dudes. Yeah, silent magician, silent swordsman. He played both, yeah. Like I, yeah, I think like that's one of my favorite moments in the TCG. I mean, in the in the fucking anime, and a close second is actually the duel between uh, Jaden and Yugi. We never got that in the dub, in the dub, but I know in the sub, <clears throat> like I've watched the duel between the two of them, and god damn, like it always had me. It like that that watching that duel always had me on the edge of my seat. I mean, yeah, it was like, how does it end? <laughs> Yeah, like, did did Jaden was like Jaden actually about to win? Was did Atem win? I think somebody made a whole fucking video on that. Yeah, they have. They're like, was it a dream? Was he about to win? Was he like just like crazy and gonna crash his monster into Slayfer? No, but I I honestly think like that takes like a a close second to like you know who whoever like to to like whatever's like that you know my favorite moment in the anime. I mean, but also the, the like final duel and like what's called dual monsters is like what people have been using like as a reference for like Kazuki fan arts. Like, cause you know, like he goes into the afterworld, I mean, to the spirit world. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the one thing that for, actually, you know, from that last duel between Yugi and Atem, the one part that always got me was when, um, you, you when Atem actually said the real chant for Ra, like, I, all I remember was when he was like about to summon it, Ishizu said, the ancient chant, he knows it. He knows. Yeah, he knows Pepe laugh. All right. So I, I wanted to like shoot this as like, what, like this, the penultimate part of this episode. But um, I guess like for the three, the, the three of us, we can answer this because like, I feel like we have a general knowledge of the Yu-Gi-Oh card pool in a sense. But um, what is your favorite? I'm going to ask what your favorite monster, spell, and then trap. Oh, God, I'm going to be here for like 20 minutes. Oh, Jesus. You guys go first. <laughs> I got to think. Yeah, for, for me, obviously, my favorite monster, Stratos. Like, no doubt in my mind. <clears throat> in terms of spell, it's, it's probably like, I guess because like the whole like nostalgia thing for me, it would always be polymerization. And then for trap, it's probably trap does shoot. Because I opened that shit like I opened it's it's a one of in almost every format except for goat, and like it's it's banned now. But like when we play old formats, like I fucking opened that like it's no tomorrow. That and dark arm dragon. 
Yeah, he opens like it's his job. Like he just clucks in, it's like, okay, time to get dust shooted. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, so like for me, my favorite trap is probably trap dust shoot. That or mirror force, but it's trap dust shoot. Aaron? All right, so favorite monster, I feel like I've answered that already. Red Dragon Archfiend. Uh, favorite spell, it's between two potential spells. Monster Reborn and Mystical Space Typhoon. Mostly for nostalgia, because like, I remember these cards so much from like when I was younger. And when I was playing Legacy of the Duelist, I could actually use them. I, I always, I always like, love the memes where it's just like, does MST negate? No, it doesn't. Uh, sometimes it does. Unless you're hitting a continuous spell or trap. That, that, that's when it fizzles. Yeah. But um, outside of that, it's between those two. If I have to pick one, I'm probably going to say... Uh, I'm going to say MST, because like, I've probably owned enough copies of it to just like <laughs> have a sense of attachment with the card that just I'm so used to using it, even when I had to drop it. Okay, and for um, Trap, I'm going to say Spellbinding Circle, because I think that was the first Trap that I really admired the art for. Yeah, Spellbinding Circle has a, has a really good art. I will always remember in the GX uh, Abridged series, shout out to Shady Vokes and X the Dark One, and like the flashback with um, Cyrus's past, and he's like, oh, in like the Abridged series, he's like, oh my god, a Japanese Spellbinding Circle! I, I will always remember that, like, every time I hear that card, the first thing I say is, Oh my god, a Japanese spellbinding circle! Jesus. Like, that's, that's one thing I'm gonna remember. Like, when I, see, when, when I see cards like that, like, I immediately think of, like, how would they say in the abridged? Like, I don't play polymerization in my hero deck, but if I ever did, I, know, I, th- I don't know if Emmanuel plays in his Despia deck, but... You do. You do. Yeah. I don't know, like, when I see it in, if, if I ever played it in, like, here, like, Jank Hero, like, Jank Hero deck, I'll be like, oh my god, like, pol- I'll activate a polymerization, 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 polymerizations, super polymerization, fusion sage, polymerization, polymerization, how many polymerizations can you have in your deck? Polymerization, polymerization. See, now I can't relate because the only fusion deck I ever played was Cyber Dragons, and I don't need polymerization for that. <laughs> Have you, have you figured it out yet, Emmanuel? Oh, I think so, yeah. Let me quickly look up the Yu-Gi-Oh card pool. <laughs> <laughs> just just open Dueling Book, just press search. Exactly. Alright, favorite monster, go. Uh, I don't know. We're doing spell first, because we know the spell. It's Engage. Trap, uh, I was contemplating, as you do. I think I've realized. At first, I was going to say Needlebug Nest, because I love my Lightsworn decks, and I love, and I love milling cards. It's like one of my favorite like mechanics of the game, but I think it's it, but I think it's it's actually Starlight Road. I still remember. I think was was it in uh? It initially came out in the tin. Yeah, I, I actually have a copy that my friend gave me actually, but like wait, wasn't that like used in the anime like against the Earthbound Immortals? Was it? I think so. Yeah, it was like actually used in the anime, but I mean just the effect, the artwork, the fact that you get Stardust Dragon. Yeah, I mean. I think the artwork's actually like a scene from the anime. I'm pretty sure. Aaron, you know what Starlight Road looks like, right? Yeah, I do. Is that from the anime? I think it is, right? The artwork? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, it's such a nice artwork. Like, this is a card I always admired. Anyway, um, so for Monster. Monster. Hmm. That was tricky. There are like, I, I'm like a whole shit ton again. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think I whittled it down to like, it's either Fishborg Blaster. Cause uh, I love my 
my crazy spammy synchro decks. Or Infinity Archfiend, because I love sacking people and drawing it off the top. Hey, welcome to the club, dog. I've been doing it since like 2010. No, but I think it's Fishborg Blaster. That like format of like late 2010, early 2011. I think it was like one of the like first times I was super invested in the game. It was a lot of fun. And Fishborg Blaster was like a big part of that. I really wish I could come back, but like I, I think he's too he's still too broken, even like twelve years after he got banned. And also, he's just a fish piloting like a mech suit. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's, that's fucking actually dope. Wait, so, hold on. What's the... Because Yada just came off the list and Yada's now... Like Yada Grosser. Yada was the longest. What's the, what was the second longest? Is it Pog? I don't know, Sheen. It, it might be one of those, yeah. One of those power spells. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was either Pog or Charity. When we say Pog, we don't mean like, you know, the, the Twitch emo. We mean Pot of Greed. Which is also coincidentally a pog hard to draw. So yeah, when you draw it, you do pog. You do you do pog, especially in goat format or any format before two thousand five. Now, uh, if you guys haven't realized it by a how long this episode is, and b the fact that we were just talking about how much we fucking love this game, it pretty much just shows the impact that Takahashi Sensei has had on our individual lives. And then for the three of us, it's like, wow, like, holy, holy crap. Like, you know, we can go on. We can make this episode like for hours long, like talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, I think probably Emmanuel and I might do another. Uh, I haven't talked about to him this yet. So this is the first time he's hearing it. But maybe we can do an episode on maybe like the competitive scene of Yu-Gi-Oh! And like old formats of Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. Like we can we can definitely like do an episode on that because... I feel like between like him and I, I don't mean to like you know isolate Aaron out of this, but um, it's cool. I I know I get it. Like the competitive scene is not really for me. It's just it's totally fine. Yeah, and it's like I I was saying I was saying that like maybe like you know between Emmanuel and I, um, I feel like we kind of have like some sort of like knowledge on like Yu Gi Oh as like a whole, like given the fact that. Minus the fact that Emmanuel has like more experience than Aaron and me uh, together, but then like for me playing old formats, I feel like I kind of have a little bit of knowledge on the game. But yeah, I am offering this out. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say that you know our hearts go out to. I don't know if um Takahashi Sensei has any like other family members. I assume he does. So uh, in in the uh, assuming that he does uh. Our hearts go out to them. Is Doug Taro? Oh, for for Doggy and Taro, yeah, yeah. Like if 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 you guys haven't caught on, like the impact that Takahashi had on us as a collective and individually is huge, because this game has quite literally been a part of our lives in one way or another. And even though Takahashi Sensei has passed away. It doesn't mean that this is over. Our love for the game will always be there. Our, our love for the franchise, our love for the series, like our love for the anime, manga, TCG, will always be there. Hopefully, like Emmanuel and I can do a episode on competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, and maybe I can probably get a guest, our first guest on. First guest. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think I have at least two, two suggestions at least. If they're if they're down. But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching this episode in the Nolan Void podcast. Even though it was a somber one, we had a good time talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, 
because we the three of us fucking love this game so yeah thank you guys so much for watching um the episode of Nolan void void podcast next episode is coming out soon uh make sure to follow us on instagram uh twitter and subscribe to our youtube channel and you know follow us there thank you so much again guys uh i'm tristan i'm aaron emmanuel and this has been the no void podcast all right guys peace love and hair grease thank you takahashi sensei godspeed sir yeah godspeed takahashi sensei